Thanks for checking out this episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis, your movie trivia and discussion podcast. Please like us at facebook.com slash screenfacts. On Twitter, it's at Jason Davis Voice. Email screenfacts at yahoo.com. Also, please visit jasondavisvoice.com for information about voiceover services for commercials, internet and corporate videos, e-learning, phone messages, and more. Well, joining me for this episode of the podcast is my favorite person in the whole world, my wife, Sue. Me? Of course. Aw, thanks, hon. And we're going to talk about a movie today that I think kind of flew under the radar a little bit when it came out, but we have grown to love this movie and have seen it many times. Many, many times. Many, many times. And the movie we're going to talk about is This Is The End, released June 12th, 2013, directed by Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen, written by Evan and Seth, based on the short film Jay and Seth versus the Apocalypse, written by Evan and Seth with Jason Stone. The short film, by the way, is on YouTube, and we watched it yesterday for the first time. Yeah, I've never seen it before. A little dark. Yeah, but it was good. It it was was good. It was good, but the movie is way more fun. Well, yeah. Evan and Seth are, you know, famous for working together. They had a friend named Jason Stone, as Mm -hmm. you said, Mm -hmm. and he was graduating from USC. So what he wanted to do was put together a kind of a calling card Mm -hmm. for potential director gigs. Uh So he and Evan came up with this idea of Seth and Jay being stuck in an apartment and just bitching at each other. (laughs) So they went to USC and they shot it on a set that the kids had built for them. Oh, wow. It took them two days. They had such a good time doing it that eventually they started thinking, you know, we should turn this into a full-length film. Okay. Very interesting. Because the short film, the production value is actually very good. Yeah, it is. Like it has good scoring and yeah, it's pretty cool. I I definitely recommend checking it out, especially if you're a fan of this movie. Mm -hmm. So the movie stars James Franco, Jonah Hill, Seth Rogen, Jay Baruchel, Danny McBride and Craig Robinson. And then there's a bunch of cameos, which we'll probably talk about as we, uh, you know, go through the podcast. I bet we will. Yeah. So an estimated budget of $32 million. Uh, This movie actually did pretty well. It grossed $101.5 million in the U.S. and $126 million worldwide. And I read that they actually kept it in the theaters long enough to reach that $100 million threshold. <laughs> okay. I don't really like to focus that much on, on what a movie makes because mm-hmm. that, to me, doesn't determine how great a film is. This is a great movie. Mm-hmm. This movie could have made $2 and it would still be a great movie. That's true. They really kept the budget low by filming it mostly in that one house set. Right. And they actually took uh, pay cuts, the cast, okay, in order to keep the budget down a little bit. Okay. By the way, the movie for, you know, basically a horror comedy, I guess you would call this. Mm -hmm. The special effects are pretty good. Yeah, they are. I'm thinking that they probably spent a lot of the budget on the visual effects. Yeah. A lot of cool stuff. Yeah. There's explosions and things crashing through windows and beheadings Mm -hmm. and blood and guts. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of really cool... And then all of the apocalyptic stuff, too. You have to sink holes and the demons. Yeah. So, by the way, if you've never seen this movie before, we are going to probably give away a lot of spoilers. So, you may want to watch it before listening to the podcast. (laughs) You've been warned. Another way they kept the budget down, too. Originally, they were going to shoot in L.A. Yes. Because they wanted to, you know make it easier for all the people who are going to have cameos to come down and and be a part of it. Eventually, they ended up moving to New Orleans because it was cheaper to do it there. So, Well, from L.A., the city, to L.A., the state. Hey! Good one. (laughs) (laughs) 
We talked about all the people that, that have cameos mm-hmm. in this. Well, what they did was, I mean, they were asking a lot of people and pretty. they said pretty much everyone they asked was in Okay. and very excited to do it. They read online that Rihanna said one of her favorite movies was Pineapple Express. Oh, cool. So they were like, oh, let's give her a try. And she, she did it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. With Kevin Hart, they said, Kevin, we want you to be a part of this project and we promise we will break protocol and not kill you first as the black guy in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which is normally what happens in yeah, movies, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah uh, Aziz Ansari, yeah. Uh, David Krumholtz, yep. Martin Starr, yep. Michael Cera, mm-hmm. Christopher Mintz-Plaz. Mindy Kaling. Mindy Kaling. A they, lot of the people that are that are associated with Seth Rogen and a lot of other things, too. Yeah, yeah. With Mindy Kaling, it was a three-minute phone call. Oh, wow. And they... <laughs> She said, I was going to be paid to fake socialize at a decadent fake James Franco house party and then fake die. I have one of the better blood curdling screams in Hollywood, if I may say. When am I going to be able to showcase that in my various observational comedy TV programs? Never. (laughs) I was psyched. (laughs) Very cool. Very fun. Emma Watson. Emma Watson. Yeah. Jason Segel. I'm thinking of that scene around the piano. You get to kind of see everybody. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I think we pretty much covered the main cameos of, you know, people that really kind of stand out. Yeah, and who have, you know, decent lines and stuff. Right. It's actually, I always think the scene by the pool with Michael Sarah, Christopher Mintz-Plaz, and Jonah Hill is so cool because it's like a little super bad reunion. Yeah, exactly. When he blows the cocaine in his face. Yes, yes. <laughs> I've never done cocaine! <laughs> well, now you've done the best, baby. <laughs> And with Michael Sarah, they say he's like the sweetest guy in the world. Right. So they wrote his character just to be a complete asshole. Yeah. Like the biggest in show business. <laughs> so I read something about that, actually. I did, too. So suppo- I'll tell you what I read, and you, okay. can, and you can tell me what you read. You so, tell me yours, I'll tell you mine. So I read that <laughs> I read that Michael Sarah uh, supposedly was kind of tired of being repeatedly typecast as an awkward teenager. Okay. That was kind of the conversation he had with Seth Rogen. That kind of went into Seth's writing of him for this movie. He wanted to kind of show how Hollywood could lead you down a really dark path. (laughs) And then the other thing, too, that I read, when he slaps Rihanna's butt. Yes. So um, they had like different camera angles that were sort of not really working because he was doing like fake slaps at first. Yeah. They wanted it to look real, obviously, and yeah. the camera angles weren't allowing that. Right. So, well, he asked Rihanna. Right. You know, he said to them, is it, I- I'm going to ask her if it's okay if I really do it. Right. And she said, sure, but I'm going to come back at you harder. Yeah, I'm going to slap you in the face. But she didn't say that she was going to slap him harder each take. No. Now, I don't know how many takes they did of that. At least six. Oh, wow. Wow, because the take that's in the film, she smacks him across the face like, yeah. really hard. Yeah. You know, it looks real. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, he said that, you know, the first time, the second time, they were all laughing. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, okay, that hurts. And she was laughing and he was laughing. And then the third time, she kind of cupped his ear. Ooh. And it really messed him up. He said it was like a flash bomb went off. Oh, man. And there was this high-pitched tone ringing in his ear. He didn't know where he was. Oh, wow. And, you know, he was like... I, I can't hear very well. And everyone's like, yeah, ha, 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 that's great. Come on. Let's, you know, he's like, no, can you help me sit down? Like my balance is off. Oh, shit. <laughs> Seth Rogen said that she really slapped the shit out of him like six times. Wow. And eventually he said, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so they went with one of those takes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because the take in the movie, it looks like it hurt. Full out. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. So they created this, you know, just jerk of a character for him, just really insane. And they presented it to him. And he just had one note, one question as an actor. Mm -hmm. 
all he said was, I want to wear this windbreaker. It's his own windbreaker. Right. But he said it was something to kind of hide behind. It helped his body language because he could pull it down and tug at it. Like he was really jonesing okay. <laughs> for the cocaine. Okay. And, then he, and he actually said, I really think that windbreaker is going to help me be a better asshole. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, there's a couple of really disturbing things with him. Uh, oh, my The gosh. scene in the bathroom. Oh, my gosh, yep. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of jarring the first time you see it. Yeah, yeah. And his death is amazing. Yeah. I love it. Great, great visual effect. It's it's a funny visual effect, and plus he's going on about his cell phone. Yeah, so it's... who has my cell phone? And then he finds, and then it ends up in his pocket. He's yeah. like, oh, this is embarrassing. <laughs> it's like as he's dying. Yeah, good stuff. I wanted to mention um, some of the other people that they approach for cameos, okay. too, by the way. Cameron Diaz, oh. Edward Norton, Mila Kunis, and Elizabeth Banks. They were all supposed to be in it, but they all had to turn it down because they had other uh, yeah. projects that they were involved in. Yeah, scheduling stuff. Yeah. So Evan Goldberg, as he was directing, he kind of created a game for himself mm-hmm. while they were making the movie. Mm-hmm. The goal was to get as many cast members as possible to say, no, I can't do that. Right, please don't make me do that. <laughs> um, the only people he wasn't able to break were James Franco and Seth. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. He had them going off on each other. A lot of it was improv. Mm-hmm. You know, there was scripts and outlines and stuff, of course. But, right. you know, they were really riffing on each other. And luckily, it never got really dark. Like, they never got really mean yeah. about it. But I read that um, also that Seth was kind of shocked at how much they did kind of dig into each other. Yeah, yeah. And at some point, he felt like he had to kind of yeah. get it, jump in and say, "Guys, we're friends. You know, let's relax a little bit." <laughs> but Jay Baruchel uh, admitted that making the movie was actually therapeutic. He said that some of the confrontations in the movie were, on some level, a little real, like okay. things that they, you know, kind of wanted to say to each other and never did. Oh, how funny! So, you know, I guess it was almost like therapy for, yeah. for all of them too. I guess if you think about it, if you're in a situation and you're working with friends. Mm-hmm. And now you're in like this fictional situation where you're trapped somewhere and you can't get out and everyone's going to start to get on each other's nerves anyway. I mean, like think about a family vacation. Sure. You know, by Wednesday, someone's crying typically. (laughs) And that's family. So friends are going to do the same thing, you know? Yeah. I really like the beginning of the movie. Every time we watch this movie and, you know, it opens up with Seth picking up Jay at the airport. Yeah. You know, and the guy, Seth Rogen, what up? And he's like, you know, and (laughs) he looks like, oh, please don't notice me. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) And then when they get to his apartment, mm-hmm. it's just that, that whole sequence, it just gives me the warm fuzzies for it's some great. reason. It's great, yeah. Old friends coming together, hanging out. Yeah. And then, like, you know, when they go into his living room and he's got all that spread on the table. <laughs> yeah, yep. And it's, uh, you know, all of his favorite candy mm-hmm. and, and goodies mm-hmm. and then all of the weed. <laughs> <laughs> it's your name. It's it's your name and Jay. It's Jay and Jay's. In Jay's. And this is after they ate a full Carl's Jr. meal, too. Yes, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can we talk about, with his apartment, the little foreshadowing? There's like three foreshadows right in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the first is in the apartment. When you're looking at the TV, the entertainment center, Mm -hmm. there's not an action figure. What is it? It's like a little statue? Let's call it a model. Model. Yeah. Yeah, of a demon. Yeah, there's all kinds of models and, and figures in the entertainment center, yeah. like he col- it looks like he collects yeah. things like that. And in the upper left, you can see a model of a figure that looks very similar, if not exactly, yes. like the demon that they fight in the end. Yep. Foreshadowing. Also, in the apartment, mm-hmm. they have the TV on, and on the news mm-hmm. is a sinkhole. In Guatemala. In Guatemala. Yep. And then also, when they start partying and, and smoking all the weed and mm-hmm. stuff, 
Backstreet Boys, Backstreet's Back plays. Oh, that's right. And then they show it's up later in the movie. introduced there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so very yeah. cool. Yeah, and then when they are arriving at James Franco's house, mm-hmm. the music that's playing is Blondie. Right, there's a, a sample of Rapture from Blondie yep. in the song. Yep. Yep, and even I noticed, I was really looking at, for some reason, this, I don't know, 28th or 29th time I was watching it last <laughs> night, I was watching um, James Franco's Costumes. Okay. Because I read a note about that that I'll talk about later. Okay. But he actually had, at one point, a t-shirt on that was white, and it had um, a picture of the Grim Reaper on it. Okay. And then later on, he had a t-shirt, it was a skull on it, and the eyes were anchors. Okay. I don't know if you remember that. That was, that was a Goonies shirt, wasn't it? Was it? Is that a Goonies shirt? I think it is, yeah. Okay, but I was like, okay, Grim Reaper, Skull, like even the costumes are yeah, ta- I, talking about it. I remember a couple of other things. Uh, he had a Ronald Reagan t-shirt. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I don't know if there's significance to that. Some of the clothes were his. He said that like the cardigan mm-hmm. he wore at the party Okay. and those shoes, okay. those were his. Okay. A lot of them ended up wearing like their own jeans and things like that. Craig Robinson, that was his towel that said Mr. Robinson on it. His okay. manager had made him like a bunch of towels. Okay, because he sweats a lot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I love um, when they get to James Franco's house, uh-huh. by the way. He knocks on the door. James Franco opens the door. He's like, yes! He does like a fist pump. <laughs> and I'm like, I just want a friend to greet me like that. Yes, Next yes. time I go to their house. Yep. James Franco said, yeah, you know, I like art. I like movies. I mm-hmm. like Seth. Right. Not to that extreme. Right. <laughs> you know, he's like, I think he kind of felt that his character was like um, the emotional level of a 13-year-old. <laughs> okay. So when a 13-year-old sees their best friend, yes! Yeah. Yeah, and then he has the paintings, you yeah. know, with the, their names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of cool um, throwbacks to other things that they work together yes. on. You know, of course, Pineapple Express yep. is is featured prominently in the movie. Mm-hmm. But also, there's a lot of Freaks and Geeks uh, yep. stuff, too. Yep. Did you know that that Pineapple Express shoot that they did, like Pineapple Express 2, yeah. almost didn't make the film? Oh, I didn't know that. It was in the script, and they were like, okay, this will be good, because it was like a $30 million pitch for Pineapple Express 2. Okay. And the studio actually said to them, mm, we're not sure about that. Because they were like, we may want to make that movie at some point. Maybe. And Seth and Evan were like, all right, we'll, we'll take it out. Mm-hmm. And then they told James Franco about it. And he was like, no, no, don't take it out. Don't take it out. Keep it in. So they kept it in for him. And that's the thing, too. If you've never really seen Pineapple Express, that's going to be a little lost on you watching it in this movie. Yeah, because when we first watched it, I hadn't seen it. Yeah, I mean, or, it, was, it still seems funny to me, but I just yeah. didn't get all the jokes. Right, you didn't get the references yeah. as much. Yeah. The stuff with Pineapple Express is great. Like I said, the Freaks and Geeks yep. mentions and stuff. Yeah. Franco did some of that artwork himself. He knew about this artist named Josh Smith, okay, whose work is pretty humorous, and he does the kind of art where it's your name or it's a word and it's art. Okay. So they showed up a few days before pre-production and just painted. So they did like the Pineapple Express one, the Freaks and Geeks, the Mm -hmm. the Seth and James, and all of that, which is awesome. Yeah, it's. I think it's it's very cool. The house is really cool. Yeah. The set. Yeah. I love when they roll up in the cab and they get out, you know, and <laughs> Seth Rogen's like, oh my God, look at this place. And Jay Baruchel's like, oh, it's a little much, isn't it? Yeah. What is it, like Pablo Escobar? <laughs> it's yeah, huge. So, yeah, supposedly James Franco designed it himself. Yeah. You know, meanwhile, James Franco lives on the Lower East Side in a very small apartment. Yeah. 
He doesn't even like houses. He just wants an apartment. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, know, obviously. They really sell it as Los Angeles very well, yeah, too. Yeah, they do. What was it? The Hollywood sign? You know, the taxi had Hollywood land taxi on it. And then when they and go to the, the store. some of the street signs. Yeah, and then when they go to the store to get, yeah. um, to get cigarettes, yeah. and they have like a I Love Melrose store. Yeah, and kind, yeah. You know. It's just a fun movie. It really is. It's really fun. It's the kind of thing, like, even every couple of weeks, I'll say, you want to watch it again? Yeah, I never get tired of it. Yeah, we quote this movie a lot. A lot. That's what I thought, nerd. No, I That might be my favorite of the whole movie, I have to admit. But there's so many good ones. Uh, I'm straight up lovable, oh, son. Oh, you can't handle my midriff. <laughs> <laughs> Craig Robinson is, uh, He's is one awesome. of the unsung heroes of yes, this movie for me. Yes, Very, very funny. So according to Seth Rogen, Danny McBride was the person who made everyone laugh and break character the most. Okay. At one point, it took 18 takes and over an hour for the cast to get a joke on film because McBride's delivery kept making everyone laugh. Oh, man. It's probably the part of the film where they're talking, you know, about him jerking off. <laughs> like a and, pilgrim. Yeah. Yeah. You, got, you, got, you built a house with iPads in the, in the walls and you're jerking off like a pilgrim. And at one point, you can actually see, if you look carefully, Seth Rogen is cracking up. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, his back's to the camera. Yeah, but you can see his shoulders But you can definitely see him breaking, yeah. Yeah. Danny McBride said that they filmed for a week before he arrived. Evan said to him, all right, you better bring your game because they're, they're on with yeah. the improv and everything. Danny McBride said the problem with creating a character like, you know, Kenny from Eastbound and Down mm -hmm. or a character like this is people really think you're like that. <laughs> his thought is, I'm not like that. We made up a whole amalgamation of the funniest stuff about people who used to pick on us. Okay. You know, when we were kids. Okay. Was, you know, how we made these characters. And he's like, I'm not like that at all. And then later on in this interview I read, Craig Robinson was like, oh, who's the closest to their own character? Yeah, Danny McBride. <laughs> it seems like it would be really hard for him to maintain that kind of intensity all the time. Yeah. I mean, but he's so good. Even when he walks away. Don't yeah. walk away. I can't. I've already walked away too far. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. Even leaves intensely. Even the way how he shows up in the film. Yeah. They don't reveal who it is immediately. Right. They show like somebody in a tub. Right. All you see is the rings, boots. Yeah. And, the, and then the, the shoes, right? Yeah. And then he's pissing and then he, he pisses on the toilet Misses, seat and then yeah. he wipes it with his foot. And that makes you laugh. Right. They show his back to the camera right. as he's walking through the room. The camera comes on him and he's like, fuck yeah. And the music <laughs> is so awesome. His entrance music. Yeah. Cypress Hill. Very cool. <laughs> He's so good in this movie. And it's so funny because he's obviously been passed out. Yeah. So he was passed out through the party. Right. Through the sinkhole. Right. Through the helicopter crashing into the house. That's right. Through them boarding up everything. And then like the next morning, he just comes to. Oh, yeah, that's right. All that happened. Because we watched it when we were watching it last night. I said, the thing I'm thinking about right now is that Danny McBride is passed out through all of this. Yeah, yeah. And they've already um, taken all the food out and you know, said, you know, this is what we have. Yeah. They fought over the Milky Way. <laughs> I'm going to be bummed if I don't at least get a bite of the Milky Way. Don't touch that Milky Way, Jonah. <laughs> Good stuff. You know, so all of that happens. And then he comes to and, you know, being the nice guy he is, he cooks all the food for them. Right. You know, when he does that, that great that great hand movement. Yeah, like, the, you know. like a bird. Yeah. <laughs> He's got the eggs are all cooked, the steaks, the everything. Bacon. And they're like, he's eating all the fucking food. And he's like, oh, relax. I'm sure the Green Goblin can buy more bacon. 
just when you think the movie can't get any funnier, right? Danny McBride shows exactly. up. Exactly. Like it's funny up to that point. Yeah. And then he shows up and totally takes it's us to a new level. Way over the top. Yeah. And then it turns out you find out he wasn't even invited to the party. Right. He's like, I know why you don't invite me to parties because I party too hard. <laughs> So um, in an interview with Entertainment Weekly, Evan Goldberg said that around 85% of the movie was improvised. Mm -hmm. Just to give a little bit of comparison to some of their other movies, uh, he said that Superbad was 95% of what Seth Rogen and he wrote, and Pineapple Express was 50%. Okay. So considerably more improvisation in this movie. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. Because they're all friends. I think that really contributes to how great the movie is, too, because there's a certain chemistry Mm -hmm. that they have. Mm Mm-hmm. It can be hard, though, six people improving yeah. together. And I actually read something that I, I said to myself, I am flagging this for my acting class. Danny McBride said, when six people are ad-libbing at once, it's one of those things where you really have to be paying attention to what's going to happen in the scene. Right. You have to be able to feel the rhythms of when someone's going to go for a run. You got to just step back, let them do it. But it does kind of become a game where it's like you don't want it to be like every single person is trying to fill every blank space and everyone's been really good because sometimes it's somebody's turn just to do nothing. Right. I read that. I was like, oh, I am taking that to my acting class. Yeah. Sometimes it's your turn to do nothing. Yeah. Makes sense. You can't all be funny at the same time. That's right. Sometimes you got to play tambourine. That's right. (laughs) Like, for example, the slap. All it said in the script was, you know, Sarah does a line of cocaine, slaps Rihanna's butt, she hits him. Mm-hmm. That's all that said. Craig Robinson draws the burnt match. Yeah. The script just says he gives the rules and then says, no. <laughs> so all the other stuff was them ad-libbing. And it's so funny because they were like, all right, do you want to do, do, do a test run? And, you know, like, as they practice it out, pull tug. Ah, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then when you hear him scream, oh my gosh, oh my God. he's got the best, almost like a female sounding scream. Oh, absolutely. It's definitely over the top. Yeah. I, I feel like he should be in more stuff. He's so funny. You know, I think there's, if I was a Hollywood executive, I would put him in more stuff. I would put Rob Riggle in more stuff. Oh, yeah. There's just people that are, that are so good. Yeah. And I don't know if it's, I like them because they're in smaller roles, but I don't know. I feel like both he and Rob Riggle could carry a movie. Oh, yeah. I would see that movie. Yeah, I would too. Movies. I think it would be great if they were in a movie together. That'd be very funny. So much talent in this movie. Yeah. Jonah Hill. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) He actually said the night before they were going to shoot, he went out to dinner with an actor who was shooting something in the area, and that guy had a huge diamond earring in his ear oh my god so he came back to set and he was like hey can i you know can i do a big diamond earring they said yeah go for it you know so he just (laughs) honest to goodness that there was an actor who had something like that yeah and then they mock him for it later so right yeah uh, i think danny mcbride makes fun of him yeah yeah you know and they you know they presented him like oh he's such a nice guy but he really wanted to give it the tone of yeah but am i nice or am i just messing with you yeah. You know, and his stuff is so funny. I mean, who names a dog Aja? Yeah. A-H-J-H-A-I. <laughs> I love that. Because she doesn't know how to bark. She just like pushes her face against the cage and goes, eh! <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but you know what I noticed? She's in heaven at the end. 
Oh, okay. Right? Because Seth is holding a dog. Okay, And I'm yeah. like, that's a Cocker Spaniel. That is Aja, A-H-J-H-A-I. Well, that, that makes sense because right? supposedly all dogs go to heaven Aww. and, you know, everybody dies in the apocalypse. Yeah. So. Oh, that's cool. I never even thought of that. Yeah. I just noticed it last night. I was like, that must be Aja. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, another big plot point in the movie with all these demons and stuff going on is that Jonah Hill at one point prays to God <laughs> to kill Jay Baruchel. <laughs> Because he hates him. It's like, what? why did you make him? What were you thinking? What were you thinking that day? And this is the second movie we've seen Jonah Hill, like, funny praying. Because oh, yeah. in, in, in 21 um, Jump Street. 21 Jump Street, yeah. he has, you know, the thing where he's like, oh, you know, dear Cor- Korean Jesus. And then when he finishes, he's like, um, the end? I don't know what to say. <laughs> you know, and here he is going, um, yeah. okay, God, it's me, Jonah Hill, from Moneyball. <laughs> from Moneyball. Just to clarify. <laughs> But yeah, um, so he prays to God to kill Jay Baruchel, Mm -hmm. and then shortly thereafter, a demon (laughs) rapes him. Mm -hmm. I didn't know this because I don't think I've ever seen it, but that's actually taken right out of Rosemary's Baby. Oh. So apparently, um, the shot of the demon's eyes, as well as when he says, this is no dream, this is really happening, is right from the scene in Rosemary's Baby. I don't think that the demon looks exactly the same, but like there's a close-up of the eyes, and that line. That sequence. That's yeah. great. I didn't I've know I've never that. seen Rosemary's Baby, I'm ashamed to admit. So, yeah. So Screen that's a, facts blowing people's minds. I know. Because they you know, they also reference uh, The Exorcist a yeah, lot. Yeah, well, too. yeah. I say unto thee, the power of Christ compels you. He's like, you're quoting lines from The Exorcist? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. I assume they did the research. <laughs> Does it, Jay? <laughs> yeah. It's not really that compelling. <laughs> Is it? I, <laughs> I love the demon voice. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so awesome. It's great because it's clearly Jonah Hill with, like, you know, processing on his voice to make him sound like a demon. Yeah. Because, you know, it's that sarcastic Jonah Hill tone, but in a demon voice. Yeah. So it's very funny. Yeah. And Emma Watson. Hermione just robbed us. I love what I love when Danny McBride says, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. I can't wait to talk to her and ask her all kinds of awesome questions about how they made those motion pictures. <laughs> what a nerd. <laughs> the movie originally ended just faded to white after uh, you know, they both get sucked up to heaven. Jay and Seth oh, get sucked up to heaven. Okay. Test audiences were like, well, we want to see what happens when they get to heaven. Okay. Because, you know, that's a payoff. Yeah, it's true. And so they put that sequence in. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. I love the fact that in heaven, they're all wearing like a white and silver version of what they had just died in. Right. Craig Robinson's got the white shirt with silver. Take your panties off shirt. (laughs) Take your panties off. (laughs) Take your panties off. Good stuff. But heaven does look very cool. And apparently, you can have anything you wish for or think about. Yes. So what they think about is just so random. But it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. First, first, is there weed in heaven? Well, you know. And then, you know, poof. Poof. uh, Of course, it's heaven. And then he lights the joint on his halo, which I think is nice. Nice touch. Yeah. And then he wishes for a segue. Yeah. And then Jay Baruchel wishes for the Backstreet Boys. (laughs) For whatever reason. <laughs> but you get to hear the song again. Yeah. And I love how they do the choreography with them. Yeah. You know, the guys. Is that all the like your original choreography? Yeah, from the okay. video, which I think is great. Cool. Clearly they're fans. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Uh, just a nice payoff for mm-hmm, the end. Mm-hmm. And then the great Black Sabbath song during the credits right, at the end, right, which is cool too. Right. Seth and Evan said in an interview that they were originally going to have a scene during the end credits showing James Franco and Danny McBride smoking weed with Adolf Hitler in hell. Oh, wow. 
But then they felt, eh, it's a little too much. Yeah. Yeah, because you know what? Smoking weed's a good thing. That's exactly. So why would you have that in hell? It right. Only... And why would you do it with Hitler? Yeah. Fuck that guy. I think in, in hell you'd be wanting your weed, but you wouldn't be able to have it. That's a good point. Good thing that they left that out. Yeah. <laughs> James Franco almost makes it to heaven. Yep. But then he starts, you know, cursing out Danny. Yep. Fuck you, McBride. Yeah, and then and he falls sudden, down. The blue light just switches off and he drops back down to earth. You were being petty. Tom, Tom Petty. petty. <laughs> yeah, this is a movie that if you haven't seen it, you have to. Oh, you gotta. It's good stuff. You have to be a fan of everybody that's in it, obviously. True. It's clear that there's a lot of friendship. I think Seth and Evan together do great stuff. You can yeah. tell they've been working together a long time. I mean, they started writing together when they were like 13. Yeah, yeah. The thing I love about this movie is I feel like it's a few movies all in a row, almost. Yeah. To me. I like that. Because there's, you know, the beginning with just Jay and Seth. Right. You know, there's the party pre-sinkhole. There's, you know, after sinkhole. There's possession. There's, oh my gosh, we're outside. And every time when they get outside, I get nervous again. Oh my gosh, they're, they're outside they're exposed. again. Yeah. The movie really kind of eases you in. When you see it for the first time, you're like, oh, this is fun. And then all of a sudden it takes a quick turn. Yeah. You know, it just, yeah. all, it just goes, it starts off innocent. And then before you know it, you're in this crazy movie. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm saying. The sinkhole comes and every, everyone at the party is outside screaming. Yeah. And Paul Rudd arrives yeah. and steps on her head. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Great cameo. Yeah. <laughs> and it just goes from there. And I think that's why the movie holds up well with repeated viewings, too, because it's such a unique movie, I think. Mm -hmm. Very unique. It's fun. Mm -hmm. It's funny. It's got a little horror element to mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. You know, this and Zombieland are like the two best comedy slash horror movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this one, you know, teaches you something too. Yeah. Because you can't... Don't be a dick. Yeah. You won't, you won't get sucked up to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really a thing. That's what they say, you know? And they even call Jay out on it. You yeah. know, you think you're so much better than us, but you're here with us. You yeah. weren't sucked up. Yeah. And that's another <laughs> funny thing. That like, you know, all the people get sucked up in the convenience store and the street, mm -hmm. you see it happening. Yeah. And then they run back to James Franco's house and there's, it's a, a house full of people. That's Nobody right. gets sucked up. That's, well, so. it's Hollywood, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. So I think what I like about it is the movie after movie, it's like got the bromance to it, mm -hmm. you know, and they fight, but they make up. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it does have a happy ending for most of the characters. Yeah. You know, and you get that payoff. And I just... I mean, honestly, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be saying to you, let's watch it again. And I'm going to say, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got to be one of our favorites. Oh, it's way up there for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Me too. It's definitely uh, high up on the go-to list. Yeah, yeah. And I almost feel like I could perform it along with them. Yeah. I feel like we know it by heart Because we much. know it, yeah. But I still laugh out loud, yeah. hard at a lot of stuff. I laugh out loud almost Every time Craig Robinson says something, mm -hmm. his delivery is just, it just gets me. I don't oh know my what. gosh. Yes. The line that makes me laugh out loud every time is, uh, I'm going to be bummed if I don't at least get a bite of the Milky Way. I love that. Yep. Hey, please don't forget to like us at facebook.com slash screenfacts. And on Twitter, it's at Jason Davis Voice. Email screenfacts at yahoo.com if you have anything you want to say. Also, please visit jasondavisvoice.com if you need a voiceover for a commercial, internet or corporate video, e-learning, phone messages, and more. Thanks for listening. Gluten!